good stuff. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to be in Acts again. And uh, depending on what what uh, direction God leads me, like I said, I'm reading through the Bible this year. And that's good, Pastor. I'm glad you're reading the Bible. Um, it's been leaning. The things that stick out to me have been leaning in the New Testament. And then I've been reading this morning, and there's some really cool some Old Testament stuff we're going to be looking at a little bit later. But um, I entitled this sermon, The Plague. And uh, getting a little weary of COVID. Galatians 6, 9, do not go weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you, do not, if you do not lose heart. Not so much weary about that, but life can make us weary. Kind of feel like a yo-yo effect. You know, I, 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 I like watching people, you know, and how they react. And it just seemed like when, and I'm not trying to start anything, so if you think I am, I'm not. I'm just using my observations. It's like we were so careful for so long, then suddenly the gates open, we're all going, doing whatever we want, you know, and, and, the, and the barn doors open now, and so it's hard to get everything back in, and I don't think that we should necessarily get things back in, but it's, you just feel kind of like you've been yo-yoed around, you know, in the sense of a decrease, an increase, you know, mixed feelings of fear and what should be done and what shouldn't be done, and and that's how we feel about this physical disease, but what about the things in life that spread rapidly and cause us to panic and fear? Not talking about COVID. What about the things, it's the little things that get me upset, not the big ones usually. But what about the things in your life that spread rapidly and cause you to panic and fear? And we grow weary of the stresses of life and we give in to the fear and to the panic and to be infected by it. And we have a choice whether we're going to either be infected by sin and death or we're going to be infected by the Savior and have life. And you say infected? Well, I think Christianity and the relationship with Christ should be infectious. And what I'm going to do, and I think, oh, pastor's trying to put... Uh, things down here and what we shouldn't do. I just looked at all the things that we're supposed to do to uh, prevent this disease. And as a Christian spreading the gospel, we need to do exactly the opposite. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about spreading the gospel. And so I took the things that we're called to do to protect people from a physical disease. I looked at the spiritual thing of the gospel. And when it comes to spreading the gospel, we're called to do exactly the opposite. That's clear as mud. We'll see in a minute. Um, so your, your action step is you need to be infected with Christ. You need to be infected with Christ. It's going to spell out your points today, Christ. You know. And so how can we understand this biblically? We're going to go to Acts 24, look at that whole chapter. And again, when I was reading, this stuck out to me. Verse 5 said in Acts 24, For we have found this man a plague. One who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader to the sect of the Nazarenes. Right there in the Bible, you have a lost leader calling Paul, a Christian, a plague. That stuck out to me because for the past year and a half, we've been dealing with the plague and none of us thought we'd be dealing with the plague in our life. And so I think we can kind of understand this. So if we understand spiritually, we are to be a spiritual plague. And I want us to unwrap that as we look 
in chapter 24 and what that is. We're to be infected with Christ and we spread the gospel like a plague that we are infected by Christ and infect others. And so we see this in the life of Paul. He was a religious leader. He was a zealot. We've been learning about the zealots when we were watching the Chosen series. And the zealots were like, I'm going to make this happen now. And it's going to happen militarily with violence. And that was Paul. Paul held the coats when they stoned Stephen. And God got a hold of him. He was the first terrorist to Christians. Because he was terrorizing Christians. He was going around arresting them, putting them in jail assisting in their death. On the road to Damascus, he met Christ. And he received Christ. And he chose to be infected. That's the difference here. We can choose whether or not we want to be infected with death. We already are. Our sin nature. Or we're going to be infected with life. Christ. And so, we see that he chose the blood of Christ and that he was a new creation according to 2 Timothy and so your first feeling, the first step to being infected by Christ is realizing the choice is yours. I don't think any of us that have had COVID, hey, I'm going to go over there and just get infected. You know. But when it comes to relationship with Christ, it's your choice. You have the disease of eternal death, sin, in your life. You will die physically and spiritually if you do not know Christ. But you can choose to be infected with Christ. We're all infected with sin and death, and we all have to choose to be infected with Christ because John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And the result of Paul being infected with the life of Christ was he became infectious. And infectious means capable of spreading the gospel. How infectious are you? Who or what are you infected by today? What is a, a different word, affected your life? We see this in Paul's actions. After he got saved, he traveled. He, he spent time in obscurity and train. He was called to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And here he was the Jews' Jew. And how, how ironic is that? The one that was the, could have been the next high priest is now going to the non-Jews. And everywhere he went, his infection didn't always end up good. It started churches. It started, you know, uh, b believers. But then also it started riots, the fears of others being infected by this. And anywhere Christianity is gone, those in control don't like it. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs, get comfortable with it, learn about it, listen to their podcast, those things. But Richard Wormbrand, you know, here he, uh, he, he was in... Uh, in, in, in uh, Eastern Europe, and he, uh, the, the World War II was over, the, the communists came in, he had said before this, he goes, I'd like to, I would like to witness to a communist, and the communists took over his country. You know, I don't know if I would have prayed it that way, but anyway, but, you know, he would go, they would put him in prison. The first time that he was put in prison, it was 30 feet underground in a cell, no lights, no nothing. He would, his captors wore soft-soled shoes and would walk up. They didn't even know he didn't even know he was coming. And yet they were frustrated because it wasn't that he was perfect. It wasn't that he almost lost his faith in these things, but God sustained him. And through that, he was infectious to his captors. He was infectious to, infectious to his fellow believers. We've got to grow where we're planted. So Paul... You know, we're starting riots and, and those in control, and we see it still today, they don't want to see Christianity. And, and I think Columbia, and this is from Voice of the Martyrs, 
and, you know, in South America, you know, those in charge don't want, don't like pastors and pastors are on their high target list because when someone comes to Christ, guess what? They stop making a growing poppy that goes to cocaine. That's not good for their business. Christianity is infectious. It's dangerous. And people will either try to kill Christ out of their life or be infected by Christ. And so that happened to Paul. People would come to Christ and some would cause riots because they were in fear. He was brought to prison and he was brought to trial. And Christ told Paul, this is just the chapter before, you know, Christ told Paul, I, am going to, I got an all-expense paid, paid trip to Rome for you, courtesy of the prison system, trial system. Paul's going all the way to the top of the government of that day. Paid for by the government. God's ways are not our ways. And, and Jesus told him, he, he, we see it in the chapter before, that he has this vision. And you see the words in red that Christ said, you will go to the Gentiles and you will go to Rome. And so now he's on his first trial. Oh boy, everybody likes to go to court. Not, you may not have gone to court, you know. I haven't been to court necessarily for myself other than maybe a speeding ticket a long time ago or something like that. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, but you're usually kind of scared to death because these people have the right to just do about anything, you know, and it's kind of scary. And so, but Paul, God, Christ told Paul that he's going to go, and Paul could have said, I'm a Roman citizen, what they did, because the Jews brought, uh, caused a riot, the Romans took him in, they realized he was a Roman citizen, they had no right to charge him, he could have gotten off, but God told him, when you're infected by Christ, it doesn't matter the situation that's going on, because Christ is with you, and if God is with us, who can be against us? And so... That brings us to Acts 24, the first trial, verses 1 through 27. And you see the prosecution, you see the defense, the jury, and the verdict. Look at verses 1 through 9, the prosecution. After five days, the high priest Ananias came, came down with some elders and spokesmen, and they laid before the governor their case against Paul. And when he had been summoned, Tertullius began to accuse him, saying, Since through, since though you, uh, through you we enjoy much pe peace, since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms have been being made for this nation. He's kissing up to the Roman guy in charge, and if you look at Felix, he was just a squirrel. If you look at his history, and he just was all over the place, but again, the prosecutor's kissing up to the judge, Felix. Verse 3, in every way and, er in every way and everywhere we accept this with all gratitude, but to detain you no further, I beg you in the kindness to hear us briefly. <laughs> a lot of your saying is going to be brief. For we have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is the ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And, tried to, and he even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. And the Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were true. So, Paul the plague. He has three charges of infection. He violated the Roman law, he violated the Jewish law, and he violated God's law. None of that was true, but this is their case. We need to be prepared to be challenged and charged because the gospel has enemies. We need to toughen up. Because if you're going to stand for God's word in this day and age, you're probably not going to be liked. I want people to like me. I don't go around saying, I really want you to dislike me. 
but I need to go with God. And we need to speak the truth in love, and we need to stand on the truth, which is Jesus Christ. But we need to be prepared. You need to have your theology of being fired. I don't know, I'm retired, I don't do this, but you need to understand that what happens if I stand for God? Go with God. We need to be prepared to be challenged and charged before the, uh, because the gospel has enemies. It tells you you're not okay. And everybody, everybody wants to know that they're okay right now. So those are the charges. Let's look at the defense, verses 10 through 21. When the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. Notice he said cheerfully. Okay. You can, verse 11, you can verify that it is not more than 12 days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem, and they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, or even in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. Neither can they prove to you that they now bring up uh, what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. Now you need to understand what Paul's doing here. He is being charged by the Jews and the Romans are carrying this out. And Paul is saying, I didn't go up there to start a riot. But verse 14, I confess, this is your confession if you know Christ and you're infected by Christ. I confess to you that according to the way, which is what Christianity was called, and Jesus in John 14, 6 said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. There are not several ways to heaven. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one way to God. There is only one way to forgiveness and restoration, and that is Jesus Christ. His words, not mine. And so, what are you confessing? A lot of us are infected by a lot of things we like, and we confess them, and we talk about them, and all these diet Christ. Is there enough evidence to convict in your life? Are there enough antibodies? I talked about my blood money. You know, I got COVID. I gave uh, plasma and bought some fun stuff. And then also helped about six people. But then that day came when I was going to give the plasma. And they said, hey, you don't got enough antibodies left for us to be worth our while to pay you. And I was like, oh, no, that's okay. But... What about, is there enough antibodies in Christ in your life that people could tell that you're a Christian? Are you undercover? Because he says you don't hide your light under a bushel. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so, notice, I confess to you that according to the way, and then he says, I believe the God of the Old Testament. I affirm that. And he's going to get into it. 15, having hope in God for which which these men themselves accept. So this is our common ground. We talked about that last week, the unknown God. Their common ground is we believe in the God of the Old Testament. Verse 15, that there will be a resurrection for both the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward God and man. Now, after several days, I came to bring alms to my nation and present uh, offerings. And while I was doing this, they found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult. And, but some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you and to make an accusation should they have anything against me. Or else let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they found when I stood before the council. Verse 21. Other than this one thing that I cry out while staying among you, it is with respect to the resurrection of the dead that I'm on trial before you this day. 
That's the only thing you should be guilty of is Jesus. The only thing that people should say, man, he won't, he won't budge on the fact that he's saying Jesus is the only way and that we're not okay. Didn't say about being mean, didn't say about harassing people. But if you're going to be charged, if you're going to be tested, your antibodies need to be in verse 21, is with respect to the resurrection of the dead, I'm on trial before you today. And we're going to get into the specifics of that resurrection. Paul's defense is our defense. He had a clear record, he had clear behavior, and he had a clear message. John 3.21 says, Those that do what is right come gladly to the light so everyone can see what they're doing is what God wants them to hear. You know, I'm not perfect, but I made a decision as a pastor that what you see is what you get. We're not going to live in a glass bowl, a fish bowl, or any kind of bowl. We need to be real, and we need to be transparent. And the things we say in the parking lot need to see the same things we say here. And we're the family of God. And so we need to have a clear record, a clear behavior, and a clear message. Convic uh, convicted for the, for the cause of Christ. I'm, infectious with, I'm infected with Christ. And Paul was saying, I'm infectious. Your next feeling. To be infected with Christ means to have to be infected to be infectious. I want you to think about that for a minute. We can talk about the Bible, we can talk about Jesus, but if you've never received Christ in your heart and He has saved you and you're following that Lord, you're just going through motions. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fail out one way or another because, oh, I made this decision, I walked up and I did this, and all those things are physical outward symbols that are good, that if there's no heart change, you've not been infected. And you're definitely not going to be infectious where people are going to want what you have. Me being a recovering legalist and realizing I can be saved by this and I can keep my salvation by doing this, you get tired of trying to be good. And you realize more how sinful you are and how much more you need Jesus. And only through His salvation and through being infected by His blood, His righteous blood, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, can you be infectious where other people want what you have. You can't do it just by, oh, I'm going to straighten up. Good luck with that because it won't do any good. We need To be infectious means you're capable through Christ to spread life. Is there enough, some more points, is there enough proof in your life that you have been infected by Christ? Didn't say works. You're talking about fruit. You can't produce fruit on your own. You produce it through a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Your next film. To be infected with Christ also means reach out. Don't socially distance ourselves. Oh my goodness. Again, I'm not talking about the physical thing of COVID. I'm talking about spreading the gospel. But so many times we're like, I don't want any part of that. That is just all kinds of crazy. I'm going to step back here and watch as that building burns. And the world is getting crazier and crazier. And the things people are believing and the things people are doing... You're like, what in the world? I'm going to stand back here and watch it. Or just try not to get hurt. But you've got to reach out and not distance yourself. You've got to go. What if Paul hadn't gone? What if, what if the people hadn't preserved God's word that you're reading here today? What if the missionaries hadn't come to America? What if it hadn't come to Europe? All these different places. 
you would not be sitting here today. A lot of you, it's not just the old, but the young people. You know, maybe God is laying your heart. What's going to happen when I'm gone? Who's going to carry this on? Who's going to go to countries? Who's going to do all these things? God may be calling you to do that, regardless of what age that you're at. But I know definitely, as Christians, we need to reach out and not distance ourselves. Relationships are messy, and most people are messed up, but guess what? You are too, and I am. Reach out. Don't socially distance yourself. Paul chose to go. Because remember, uh, Jesus told Paul, you're going to go to Rome. He could have said no. Here's another point. Being infected with Christ and being infectious means we intentionally don't wear masks. Again, if the pastor said don't wear masks, I'm not talking about COVID. Clear Facebook? Okay. <laughs> in I may have misspelled that because I meant intentionally. Internally, don't wear a mask, okay? Um, so, intentionally. Oh my goodness, we're good at mask. And we're good at mask at church. How you doing? And we're I'm great. Dying inside. The biggest lie you see in it is on a Sunday morning, okay? But John 3.21, those that do what is right come gladly to the light so everyone can see what they're doing is what God wants them to do. Um, James 5.16, uh, confess your sins one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. This is where we need to get honest with each other, not because we own each other, but we're sharpening each other, we're loving each other, we're a spiritual B12 shot for the week as we go out and be infectious for Christ. But we wear these masks. If we're going to wear masks with the body of Christ, then what good is it going to be out there? I mean, I don't intentionally... God's working on me. I want to reach the lost. I try to be ready to reach the lost. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It is our calling. But there are so many times I haven't said anything to anybody and it just they just come up to me. And I'm slowly getting used to, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Yes, I kind of think this person's crazy, but you brought him to me, so what do you want me to do? Everything in you is telling you to stay back and to wear a mask. Spiritually and intentionally. They can't see I'm hurting and this stinks. Really? What difference is it going to make? How is somebody that is broken like we are broken and that is hurting like we have hurt going to want what we have if we've got a fake plastic smile on and everything's okay? Intentionally don't wear masks. The truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. In our walk and in our talk, John 8.32 says, You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So let's look at the verdict and we see this in verses 22 through 24. But Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off saying, uh, when Lystrus, the tribune, comes down, I will decide your case. Okay, let's stop there for a minute. An accurate knowledge of the way. We're going to get back to Felix, man. I don't know if this was his third wife, but his third wife was a Jewish uh, lady. And so he kind of knew about this, and then he knew about uh, Christianity as far as he uh, had known. But notice what he's doing. I'm going to kick this can down the road. I'm going to let somebody else deal with it, verse 22. 
Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but have some liberty, and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. 24. After some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he, he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Jesus Christ. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away from, for the present, and when I get an opportunity, I will summon you. We're going to talk about Christ sending out the 70, but you need to understand and you need to read and look at how Christ sent out the 70, because how Christ sent out the 70 is what we're supposed to do with the gospel. We're to find the person of peace. If they want to hear about God, we go through that door. We always think that we've got to find the person that's going to punch us in the face or whatever. If God leads you to that person, fine. But here's the deal. You find the person of peace. You, people come through Christ, the long-term conversation. You keep talking about Jesus. Sometimes they're going to have to say back off and come later. And you need to know by the Holy Spirit when to go forward. And you need to know when the Holy Spirit not to go forward. And in both cases, there's been times where the person didn't like it and was getting a little bit tender, but I knew I had to go downtown spiritually with them. But most of the time, it's going to be through a long-term conversation. So see what he's doing here. This is Paul. So he sent for Paul. So he's open to the gospel in verse 24. He heard him speak about faith in Jesus Christ. He was, again, Paul getting closer. Hey, Jesus wants to save. They love hearing about Jesus. They love hearing about grace. But when you get into hell and you get into the fact that you need to repent and turn to Christ and he's the only way, suddenly, that's not the Jesus I like. It's the Jesus of the Bible, and if you read the parables, we went through the parables about a year or so ago, and Jesus is the one that said the parables, and about every parable, he talks about hell and judgment and a decision to make. They were doing fine when he talked about Jesus, and then Paul got into meddling, reasoned about righteousness, that none of us are right, and that we need to have self-control, and then if we don't, there's a coming judgment. I think that's a common problem we still have today. Everybody wants Jesus until we say he's the way and there's a choice to be made. Felix was alarmed. Go away from the present. And when I give an opportunity, I will summon you. And then he goes on to verse 26. At that time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. Trips to Mexico, you remember some of those, Tim's Crazy times, okay? Dan's not here today, but uh, he, he's been sick and they're getting better. But, uh, you know, some crazy trips to Mexico. And this was one later in life, and, and I remember going. And, and in Mexico, the police will pull you over to get bribed, okay? I'm not trying to put it down. It's just the way their society, a lot of societies are like that. And so I'm with the missionary, and we get pulled over. I don't think I was speeding. And I don't understand Spanish, muy poquito espanol, okay? All right? But, you know, he's wanting a bribe. And so he goes back to his car, and the missionary says, go on. I'm like, okay, all right? But I went on, okay, all right? Because there's, he didn't chase me, okay? I'm wanted in seven provinces of Mexico, I guess. I don't know. But here's, here's the deal. That was, their, that was their way, and this was their way in Rome. Felix is like... Just bribe me so I can get you out of here. Some people that you're trying to infect with the gospel, and it's their choice, will be like, 
hey, let's just talk about this, or why don't you go away? And that's where Felix was. He, he wanted to kick the can down the road. He didn't want to take responsibility. And so he's waiting around. And look at verse 27. After two years of elapsed, Felix was succeeded by uh, Porcius Festus, which we'll get into him maybe sometime. And desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. Well, Felix had a riot during his time. And so he was trying to make better political credit. So that's why he left Paul in jail so the Jews would like him and they didn't let, the, let him go. Felix stands as a tragic example of a missed opportunity to be infected with Christ. Decision is, his indecision is still a decision and denial of Christ. We all talk about our older when I get around to it. It never happens. One of these days. Isn't that interesting during COVID when we're all locked down? My goodness, especially those that are older and you don't stop a lot of times. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even write down a list, but all the stuff, my round to it, I got them done and some other stuff, including some stuff I didn't want to do, like digging like eight feet down to find a pipe. Okay, I'm still feeling that. But anyway, um, but that round to it, it's funny how COVID's like, oh, well, I got time now. I guess I'll do that, you know. Uh, but most of the time, well, maybe someday. Has ever your some days ran out? Don't be distracted. Don't put it off. As Hebrews 3, verses 7 8 through 8 says this, while it is today. And, and some of you may be called to Christ today, or on other things, you know Christ, you're infected by Christ, but you're not that infectious. Don't put off today the things you need to do. Your next one, if we're, if we're infected with Christ, we know our goal is to spread the infection. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them even to the end of the age. Didn't say stay. Yeah, we talked about it uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Acts 4.20, we could not stop talking about the wonderful things we had seen and heard. If you're infected with Christ, you're infectious, and Christ is forefront in your life, and you need to spread the infection. We're called in Acts 1.8 to start with the family, to go with the familiar, and then go on to the foreign. Wherever God has you, we're called to go home out. Paul kept going forth with Felix and with the world around him, all the way to Rome. And finally, your last your feeling, if we're going to be infected with Christ, we need to realize there will be a continual trials and tests. will be a regular part. That day when I was given plasma, and they said, you don't got enough antibodies. You know? That was a test. Test you took all the time. Notice Paul was experiencing trials. Why? Go back to Richard Wormbland from Voice of the Martyrs. He was being tested. He was being tried. He deserved none of those things, but his captors could not help but see that he was infected with the love of Christ because they were like, why? Why would you do this? Why would you endure this? We try. This is the problem, especially in American Christianity. I don't want to be tried, and I definitely don't want to be tested. But that builds endurance, and that points to Christ. 
to grow our infection rate of Christ in our life. And so I try to find a good thing for the CDC recommendations. Christ's direction, he calls us to. Added a H in there and all that stuff. Okay, Christ's direction, he calls us to. Because we go off the CDC on what we should do or not. Well, let's see what the CDC, Christ's direction, he calls us to. Today, during this season, what or whom is affecting your life? Life or death? Deuteronomy 30.19 says this, Today I give you a choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. I, I call all heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you choose life! Your descendants might live. Speak life. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death. You're either speaking Christ or you're speaking death. And so... Question I have for you today, choose life, be infected with Christ today, come during the time of invitation, and then be infectious, reach out, don't distance yourself. There is somebody that needs you desperately, that you're at arm's length. You know when that phone rings, it's like, am I going to answer at this time, or am I not? And you know you need to answer, because you need to help them come to Christ. Reach out, don't distance yourself, spread the infection, and know you may be going through a trial or a test. Look to Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. How, who or what is infecting your life, and how infected with Christ is your life today? As we stand on our feet and we have a time of invitation, the question I need to ask you, I got to see our grandson for a couple days um, this week. And I noticed when he wasn't acting right, which Papa doesn't care about that, I just give him another Dr. Pepper and a candy bar or whatever. I noticed his dad, my son, stopped and he said I could use this in a sermon example. I didn't ask, I would have anyway. But um, so my grandson wasn't doing something right, which I know. It's hard to believe. Okay. And I saw my, my son correct him. And he said, Bear, we listen with, and he said, our ears. He put his hand up there. We obey with our heart. You've heard the word. What do you need to do today to obey with your heart? Lord, speak to our hearts and may we be obedient to you today. In your name, Jesus. Amen.